All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of Boomer and Carton in the morning. Al Dukes and Jerry Recco are here with some sports news and updates they didn't have time to cover. Here we go. It's the Boomer and Carton Postgame Show with Al and Jerry. Hi, right, here we go. It's Tuesday. Uh, what's up, man? How are you? Oh, hi, Jerry. Everything good today? Everything's excellent with me. Yeah, good little Tuesday show. I enjoyed it. I haven't gone to the bathroom in a few days. I'm getting a little concerned. But other than that, oh, everything's going great. That again? Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because I have medicine for that. So I went to the doctor yesterday to have a tiny, what I thought was a small little cyst removed off my stomach, you know, the outside part. And when the doctor was cutting it out, uh, I hear her say, whoa, that's a little bit bigger than we expected. So it took a little bit longer than we thought. How do they dig that out? Do they? I wasn't a, watching. They give you a, a shot of something yes. to numb the pain? Numb the area on my stomach. And okay. then she's like, all right, do you feel this? I'm like, no, I don't feel anything. All right, we're ready to go. And then do and they show you the thing that they cut out of you? She actually didn't because I was looking the other way. I'm sure they would have if I would have asked. I was looking to the right. She gave it to the uh, nurse who was helping, and they put it in the whole thing because they have to send it away to make sure there's no cancerous, you know, whatever. Were you sure laying on assist. a table? Yes, absolutely. And so long story short, I got medicine. I was given Tylenol codeine, and I was given, um, yeah, stool sampler. That's awesome. The, which stool, I have, which, stool softener? Yeah, whatever. What did I say? Sampler? Yeah. Sampler. That would be disgusting. Uh, <laughs> stool sampler. Yes, that would be awful. Uh, so the, the softener, which I haven't used yet, but I guess I should at some point so I don't bust the stitches out of my stomach. But um, this codeine, interesting. I don't remember sleeping last night. Right. I took, I took, I only took one of them, and I slept as good as I have slept in years. Like literally shut my eyes and woke up with two alarms blaring. A Tylenol with codeine. Yeah, and then I took one this morning here because it was really starting to bother me. And amazing how fast the pain goes away. My God, it was a fight to stay awake, though, in the newsroom for about 20 minutes. Yeah, I think it makes you sleepy. I once had a really bad cough, and the uh, the doctor gave me um, cough syrup with codeine. Ooh. And then I went to, I had to pee pretty badly, and I went to the bathroom, and when I was standing at the uh, toilet in my house, I had to go, but I my brain could not tell that muscle that you have to relax to pee. It, it couldn't tell it to do that so i was just standing there and i and i couldn't go to the bathroom hmm. and when i uh, then looked up the uh, the packet that came with the uh, codeine the instruction packet packet that comes with the drugs it said that uh that will happen in some people where, where they're not able to uh, pee while on the codeine so i had to stop taking that and i i could never take that again when uh you know, when a doctor wants to prescribe that for pain of some sort. So you got to be careful with that, Jerry. Well, what's interesting is all those side effects usually happen to a very small number of people. Don't you feel special that you're in one of those small numbers of, of men that that happens to? Well, anything involving the penis and peeing or pooping always happens to me. Because in my head, I always think I have every issue with that part of my body. So you probably talk yourself into this stuff. I probably did, although that one I didn't know about. So I don't think I talked myself into the not being able to pee on codeine uh, because I didn't. I wasn't aware that was a thing. Poops and giggles. Why don't you take a Viagra pill once just to see if you get the side effects to that? 
And what are those? Erection for like 24 straight hours. No, it's four hours you have to go to the doctor. No, I thought it's supposed to give you one for four hours. No, no, no. If you have a, an erection that lasts longer than four hours, All then right. you must go to the doctor. Because that's it's, like a, the way, a technical term. It's not funny, but could you imagine walking around like that for four hours? And you go, oh, hi. Um, Yes, I'm here in the emergency room. Why is that? Uh, because I have an erection that has lasted. Well, I'm on three and a half hours, and I know I've got at least a half hour wait in here. It's not funny. Yeah, it's really that's awful, tough. Actually, this is also tough. Now you need to explain to me if this is true All or, right, or not. Because I honestly don't know if this is a joke. Okay, there's a story out there, and I saw K Rock in L. A. Actually tweeted out the link, but I can't tell if it's a it's the Daily Mail. Yes, that's a big paper in London. I believe the Daily Mail. So you believe the Daily Mail? All right, I the do. Daily Mail writes a story that a 32-year-old man, okay, um, was rushed to the hospital, uh, this must have been a couple of days ago, after he heard a loud snapping sound during what he called vigorous sexual intercourse. All right. He then felt severe pain, and long story short, he broke his penis. Yes. I don't know. There's no bone in your penis. Right, (laughs) but you snap the cartilage that your penis is made of, and it does uh, swell up and turn purple. I've well, it's, heard it's stories it's of penis this. penis turned black, actually. Yeah. Like, blood really bruised badly. You, you must go to the doctor immediately. So, I, so I'm so i reading, actually, I read down longer. It says it's got the corpus cavernosa, and he basically broke the tubes made of spongy material, which the blood flows through. Yeah, so when, those, when that gets hard, the erection, it can snap. That's Dude, why it's that's very horrendous. dangerous. Very dangerous sex, Jerry. And, uh, you know, I'm reading this, uh, as I'm reading more of this, it's actually happened on several occasions, and every time it's because the woman is on top. Yeah, that's a very, well, not that I know anything about sexual things, Jerry, but you can't let the woman control things. <laughs> you can't. So whatever, In life or just in the bedroom? In in the bedroom. <laughs> The man must always be in control of that. Otherwise, because the women, some women go crazy, Jerry, and then they'll injure you. This is terrible. So, yeah, I have heard that. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm reading more of this. If you guys are out there, terrible. Google it. It'll pop right up. And, you know, as I, as I put Google in it, too, I forgot it happened to that UFC fighter. Which one? I don't remember his name. What happened to him? Uh, yes, I think. Yes, I, I recall as well now, Jerry. Ray Elby? Is that his name? That I don't know. But yeah. I do recall that happening to a UFC dude. I mean, that is just horrendous. Yeah, you got to be careful. All right. So I guess this is a, a possible. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. So okay. this has never happened to you then based on your nope, nope, surprise. Nope, never happened to me. That's this. for sure. Okay, never good. Never happened to me. I'm glad that's never happened to me. I don't expect it ever to happen to me, and I hope it never happens to right. me. Right. And I like you. I hope it never happens to you. Thank you, Jerry. Boy, this has happened a bunch. Like, I'm yeah, serious. I think it's a like, common I'm... sexual injury. Now, this guy broke his penis. Oh, yeah, same exact way with the girl on top. Always the girl on top. Apparently, it's more than 60% of the time men have injuries during sex. It's with the woman on top. Very dangerous position. Hmm. All right, well. Yep. Well, there goes that. That's what I'm saying. If you do that position, you have to be in control. Don't just well, lay there. I don't there. know how you don't do every position. No, I'm just saying you just lay there. If you just laying there puts the woman in control is not good. Oh, God, everything's bothering me right now. Yeah. So this cyst of yours that they took out. Oh, you want to go back to that? Yeah. 
So it, you just had this bump on your stomach, and you thought, "Let me get this checked out." Or did yes. it hurt? Well, I've had I've had I had a cyst once before my arm that got infected, and I just as a cyst as a cyst, I didn't think anything of it. The doctor, so he goes, oh, it feels just like a normal, you know, benign, bright benign's nothing. I think so. Cancerous. And he goes, you know, if it bothers you, have it taken out. I would suggest you take it out. If you don't, though, you'll be fine, unless it gets infected. So I just put it off and put it off, and then one day it got infected. This is five or seven. Oh, it's longer than I wasn't with the show. Probably nine or ten years ago, all of a sudden it got red, and it started to bother me a little bit. And so I went to the doctor, and he's like, I can try and numb it for you. He goes, but it's not going to do anything. He goes, this is going to hurt. And it was so infected, they had to squeeze stuff out of it. It was horrendous. That and kidney stones are the two things. Oh, my broken collarbone, too. Are the most pain I've ever been in in my life. And that time you got the camera put in your penis. Well, that was not that because it was numb. Well, you've had a lot that of That was the urination things. afterwards. What's that? You've had a lot of different things. We could go down. I broke my ankle. I broke a rib. I fractured my knee, uh, collarbone, a lot of different issues. Yes, very much so. I have something. I have a calcium buildup in my shoulder, which on good days I feel okay. On bad days I feel like I want to chop it off. It hurts so much. Uh, I have stenosis in the lower back. Um, I'm not doing well. My goodness. And yet at the same time, I feel okay. I do feel okay. Mm. But when I don't, like last night, here's the thing. So last night, my little guy had a baseball game. This was like two hours after I got stitched up. Is this a Team Snap commercial? It's not a Team Snap commercial. Uh, Nor was there any reason for it last night because everything went on as scheduled. And so I got stitched up about 4.30 yesterday. The game was at 6. Doctor tells me, listen, aside from light walking, don't do anything. I'm like, well, I got a baseball game for my kids. He goes, well, you're not, you can't throw the ball. Don't bend over, all that stuff, fine. So now I can't bend. I can't really sit for a couple of hours because I don't want to crunch up my stomach where the um, the incision is and where the stitches are. And on top of that, if I stand up for longer than 20 minutes, my back feels like it's as brittle as can be. And if you just touch it, it's going to snap, right? Right. Well, there I am. I felt paralyzed by 7 p.m. to where, you can ask my wife, I had to try, she had to help me get up the stairs. Last night. Really awful. Awful. Awful, awful, awful. But again, at the same time, as long as I take care of myself, I feel okay. Right. So, how about that? I have a skin tag that's, you know what a skin tag is? It doesn't sound like that big a deal. Right, but it's growing. <laughs> well, then get it removed. Yeah. I got a good doctor for you. She's awesome. She even likes the Warriors. Do I? Can I just go to a skin doctor for that? I guess you can. Go when's, to a dermatologist. Yeah, when's the last time you went and got a whole skin check? See a whole dermatologist where you get nude and they look at you. Never. Top to bottom. Never. Why? I don't understand. What do you mean you get nude? What? You go to a dermatologist. For what? Where they, they look over everything on your skin to why? see if you have any skin cancer. But if I don't have any markings, why would but I? But you don't see all of your markings. They check everywhere, Jerry. You've done this. I have. I don't know anybody else You're supposed has. to go yearly for a, for a skin check for melanoma. To get nude? Well, you get nude because they check your entire body. Let me body. ask you this. You go to the dermatologist, yeah. right? Highly recommend And they have it. terrible lighting there. You're going to Dr. Smith. Fluorescent lighting. You walk in. Oh, the doctor will be with you in just a moment, yeah. but I uh, just put this gown on. Yes. And a gorgeous 40-year-old doctor walks right. in. How you doing? Well, here's what they tell you to do because I have done this. Uh, you get down to your underpants. Right. Then they examine you, and then w- when they get to the underpants area... They pull down the different area. They don't fully expose you nude. Okay. Or my but doctor But you'd be didn't. okay with that. I, I guess if you have to. But what they'll do is they'll, you lay on your stomach, they pull down your underwear so your butt cheeks are exposed. So they'll look at your butt How cheeks. Are you, now, I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. 
Why would you have melanoma on your butt cheeks? Doesn't that come from sunlight exposure? I, that I don't have an answer for. I don't. Are they checking the penis? They're checking everything. They check everything. Top I was to under bottom. the impression, and I don't know this. I was under the impression melanoma comes from ex, ex, from extreme exposure to the sun right. or prolonged exposure to the sun. Unless you're a nudist, that's a fair question. I don't. Are you a nudist? I'm not a nudist. Are you? See now, this is the you see this is the puzzling thing of Al Dukes. I sometimes wonder. You talk tough. I got to keep my clothes on in case of a fire. I get the sense you prance around your condo nope, nude a never. lot. I think you do. I think you flap in the breeze. I am only nude from walk when I go into the shower and walk out of the shower to towel off to put my underwear on. Are you good totally nude during sex? Uh, well, I suppose so. I didn't say that. I'm I not, said, are you good with it? Am I good with it? Am I proud of it? Yeah, like, do you walk around like, yeah, baby, here I am? No, no I don't ever walk around. Here here I am. So the, as soon as you get an opportunity, pants, pants, yeah. where are you? I'm putting them back <laughs> Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Huh. Interesting. I, yeah. I think I think you're a closet nudist. No. I think you might be. <laughs> there was a uh, Arrested Development was a very funny TV series. Yeah, actually, I never saw it. I remember it, though. And they, they used the term on there where they t- said that somebody on there was a never nude, which is they are never naked, <laughs> where the guy... Actually t- showered in his uh, bathing suit. Come on. He was a never nude. By the way, there probably are people out there like that. I am not a never nude, but I'm not a guy who walks around nude. I have a friend of mine who's, I got to be careful how I say this. I have a friend of mine whose other family member lives in the house with him. <laughs> Just the way it goes. He walks around nude. Yeah, I don't like that. And his intention is, his idea is, it's my house. If you don't like it, there's the door. I don't walk around nude in my house by myself. No, no, I get it. I mean, so you say, I get that. Yeah. But I, mean, I think women walk around nude more than men do. Well, probably. Because they don't have things hanging out. Because women are pretty. Guys are gross. Right. Would you agree with that? Yes. That's what I've always said to my wife. And I'm not being a jackass. I'm being serious. I've always said to my wife, I, when you take the, what's the, what's the right word? Genetics or the science or whatever it is. When you take out what's real, some people are gay because that's how they're born, right? Oh, and right. they and they realize it. I do think there are some women that are lesbians because they think it's cool. You know, some just are, some want to be. I think it's because women are pretty. Women are sexy. Right. I think men are, <laughs> to be honest, we're gross. As Elaine from Seinfeld, uh, there was an episode where there was talking about good nude which is a woman nude combing her hair. Sure. Bad nude. Bending over and picking up a comb. (laughs) Yeah, or opening a jar of pickles. And Elaine described it as a woman's body is like a work of art. Yes. A man's body is like a Jeep. (laughs) I agree. Functional. Exactly. You know, that's the difference. Unless you're chiseled. Right. That's different. Chiseled man. Right. Jerry, you seem like the type of guy who has a lot of friends. Um, I have a lot of acquaintances. Yeah, now. a lot of acquaintances, and I'm sure you are the type of guy who wants to be the envy of the group of people that you hang with. Jerry, I have just the place for you to check out. It's called Touch of Modern. You could get the inside scoop there on where to get the latest tech gadgets, the latest fashions, Jerry, and the latest sexy home decor for this new lifestyle I'm thinking about beginning for you. It's like home decor. What do you mean by that? Things you put on your walls, 
cool-looking chairs. Oh, I like cool chairs. Cool shelving. That's kind of neat. Plus nice uh, clothing that's going to be in for summer, Jerry. Is that what you meant by men's fashion? Men's fashion. Uh, how about watches? Oh, I like watches. A lot of guys wear watches not to tell the time because we have all the time on our cellular telephones, Jerry. It's the, it's the look, right? It's a fashion look. So are we talking like a sleek-looking watch? Yes, Jerry, and vintage-looking watches also. Uh, last year or about a year and a half ago, I tried to be a bracelet guy. How'd that go? Uh, it didn't work out great for me. But I think I had the wrong bracelets. They have cool-looking leather and, uh, like, silver bracelets at touchofmodern.com. Is it easy to navigate the website, Al? It's a very simple website, and I also love the app. Mm. The app is great on your phone or your iPad or your Galaxy, whatever you got, Jerry. You just scroll through all the new uh, products, something there you like. You click on it, boom, 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 ordered, showing up at your front door. What should I do, like, check it out once a month? No, check it out every day, Jerry. There are new items coming and going every day at touchofmodern.com. I like that. Jerry, you could get immediate access to these deals just by signing up at touchofmodern.com. That's touchofmodern.com. Do it today, Jerry, because tomorrow it'll all be different over there. Hmm. That's how life rolls in the fast lane, and I'm a guy who rolls in the fast lane, Jerry. But never nude. No. Jerry, the Falcons have a new stadium they're building. I heard. And they, they're making news for uh, setting some of their concession stand prices. $2 hot dogs. Love it. $2 pretzels. $2 sodas. That's good. And get this. The sodas are refillable the entire game. Wow. For two no bucks. Kidding. By the way, they'll still make money. And self-serve, so you don't have to wait in line. Although you do have to wait in line for the idiots in front of you that can't figure out sure, how to use course. the soda machine. That seems like a great deal. And I love this idea by the Falcons. It doesn't mean you're right. First of all, when you talk to people who have restaurants and uh, or, or serve fountain sodas, it literally is two cents for them to make a soda. Yep. So even at $2, how much soda can you really drink during a game? Right. If you have seven of them, guess what? They're still making money. Still making money. Uh, But I love this idea in that you could probably jack up the ticket prices a little bit, Mm -hmm. right? That's what we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, new stadium, jack up the prices a little bit, and then tell the fans, unlimited soda for 2 bucks. you look like you're giving everybody a bargain. When you're still probably making the money. Right, because the biggest complaint here when, when people talk about why is no one going to the Mets game? Why is nobody going to the uh, Yankees game? Because, and then they'll go, oh, not only do I have to buy the ticket, but my kid wants a soda, my kid wants a pretzel. Four bucks here for a pretzel and a soda. I, I've never understood the idea. I mean, unless, unless everybody's a hedge fund manager or something. Yes. You go to these games, I've never understood when I see guys our age go up and buy a ton of food Six beers or whatever the max is that you can buy. Right. And they'll have literally $100, $120 at the concession stand. And you know they're up more than once. And I'm sitting there thinking, this guy's got to be spending between the seats, and you know, good seats too, between the seats, right. the concessions, the parking, the tolls, the gas. Like it's $1,000 to go to a two-hour and 40-minute baseball game. Like how on any level does that make any sense? Right. And then if you go and your team gets blown out. Right. What's the what the hell is the entertainment value of that? Or they're resting the the star player you went to go see. I remember last year I went to a game and I bought it based on what the Met rotation was at the time, and I thought we were going to see Degrom, and it wound up being Cologne, which was fine by the way because my kid actually likes watching Cologne. But at the same time, as we're getting closer to the game, I'm like, 
wait a minute, how did the rotation get changed up? And how am I ended up, what? Right. And we spend my, so I totally get people being upset or annoyed when you spend that kind of cash. Right. And then this, Jerry, Bryce Petty, the Jet, whatever he is now, multiple backup quarterbacks that the Jets have, he says that the Madden video game saw ha- this. has helped him with real football. I don't, I mean. Well, this was an explanation. Strategy-wise? Yeah, and reading defenses. He said now when he, in that year that he sat behind on the bench, he says now when he goes to play Madden, he'll he'll recognize defenses and know that instead of being a pass-happy guy in Madden, he'll look at a defense on Madden now that he's run through all these drills with the Jets and know, oh, this is a better run option for me or you know to hand off and i think this is every guy who plays madden thinks i can read defense i i don't disagree with what he's saying clearly he's the one on the field i'm not but i think what gets lost in that is the fact that he actually can put the personnel onto the field and plug them into the equation you can be great at madden if you get on the field for the first time just because you can you know, acknowledge or realize and visualize and see, okay, they're in the 3-4 and the, the corners are up. I know it's coming. What you don't know is what that middle linebacker can do outside of what the formation is. You don't know when they're disguising formations. And that's the one thing, having done Columbia for so long and getting a little, getting to know the coaches, a lot of, not all of them, a lot of them have told me the hardest thing for a quarterback at the college level, I'm sure the pro level too, is understanding what they're seeing and if what they're seeing is actually what's coming. You know, can they can they adjust to a blitz on the fly when they're disguising it really well? What happens when the defensive end who's been in the backfield all game, all of a sudden on this one play, takes one step towards him and then drops out, and then the outside linebacker takes a spot and flies past the right tackle? You know, is he elusive enough to get rid of the ball? Does he have the, you know, the peripheral vision to be able to unload it? Really very interesting. So I could see that, but in practicality, I think you have to be Bryce Petty and be on the field to then translate that over to the video game as opposed to the video game onto the field. Does that make sense? Yes, and actually uh, when I was re- started reading this article, what it really seemed like it was saying is being a football player in the Jets organization helps him play Madden yes. better. It's actually sounding like the opposite. So uh, yes. he's seeing these defenses in the Madden video game and knowing – what he knows now from the Jets, he's able to play that better. Bang. I, I don't think totally. it's going the opposite. Right. I totally agree. Hmm. Very interesting. Have you ever been – see, I play – I mean, I play. Listen, I've been, my freshman year, I was a quarterback for three games until I fractured my knee, and that was the end nice. of my football career, and I never went back to it. But – and at that level, I couldn't tell what the hell I was doing. I'll show you some – I actually have my videos of those three games. Yeah, it's, we need to I see I mean, those. it's garbage. I did have a 65-yard touchdown pass my first game, but it was more of a 17-yard pass and yeah. a 48-yard run. Um, could you envision, do you have any idea what it's like to be on the field in a pro game? I, uh, one time, uh, when I was covering the Buccaneers, uh, we were able to, you know, near the the last few minutes of the game, the Go media down. the media goes down and is on the sideline or, or the end, back of the end. Sure, and, sure. And I was covering actually a Jacksonville Jaguar game. It was Jaguars-Dolphins. And it was uh, the last two minutes of the game. And I was in the in the back of the end zone. And Marino had the ball coming into this end zone at the one-yard line, one-two-yard line. That gave me a perspective I never saw before. Because like, I was what very close. See? Right. And it was so intense. And the hitting, 
is, is loud and more crazy. violent than you than it looks on television. I would think it's ten times more violent than you can imagine just from watching it on TV. Yeah, and even from the crowd. I mean, you've got to be field level, and be like you said, a great angle. I was on the sidelines for Cowboys Giants when year 2004 when I covered the team and I did the pre and the post for the Giants. I would sometimes go down because I had the field pass and everything. And there was one play that came to the near sideline. I don't remember who the hell it was. But one of the Cowboy guys got blown up. And I remember saying, is he alive? <laughs> and he popped right up and he was back in the huddle. Here we go. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? It's really, we're, we're dumb as fans. We are really stupid as to how difficult and hard what they do is. And how strong they all are. Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy. Strong and fast. Yeah, I mean, it's just, they're not human. I mean, you really feel like they're just another level of just perfection. Right. <laughs> I don't even know what the right word is. And I know uh, I've asked you this before. These 30 for 30s ESPN yeah. does, they just did uh, one called Believe Land, I think it's called. Okay. It's about how Cleveland is a not lucky sports town. Right. And it went all through the uh, Cleveland Browns when they got to the championship game. They had the the drive the right, one year. Right, right. The very next year was the fumble. Right. Then the Cleveland Indians disasters. Really Crazy. great. Yeah, to, watch that. Yeah, it's a good one to check out. You have a good Tuesday. See you, Jerry. Right. It's the Boomer and Carton Post Game Show. Wow! With the real stars of the show, Alan Jerry.